another beautiful Wednesday morning here to break down NXT content and more. Straight and gold, baby. Thank you so much for rocking with us here live. It's your boy, Flobo Boys, in the live stream box all over your Facebook, your YouTubes, your X's. X's? <laughs> your Twitch is LinkedIn. But as always, out to my ex. We're not alone. Give it up for the real Jack Farber. Jack, true or not, these past seven days have been a crazy, crazy time for NXT. Dig, dig. Dig diggity dog. Yes, it has been. Uh, no Mercy was incredible. Of course, we'll talk about the event last night for NXT and what that the table that set for the future here. Very fun time to be a fan of NXT. Well, thank you so much for checking that out. If you're not on that, those platforms, make sure to drop a question. If you're on those platforms, drop a question or comment. We'll get to that as soon as we can. So let's get into No Mercy. First time being there live as medium. Jack Farmer, what a fantastic experience. There was matches, there was chants. I had a box of red vines. I was having time in my life. Yeah, it was cool that they, I, obviously we got to give a shout out to WWE for how accommodating they were and allowing us to come in as press and giving us some incredible seats to sit at. So we were really right there in the action. Fun to see. Very, very loud crowd. I've done a few uh, shows since No Mercy, and I want to make sure everyone knows. I want to be upfront about this. The Dom Heat is real. There's no, there's no audio trickery happening. You cannot hear anything when he comes out. The boos are so loud. Couldn't you hear Alicia Taylor give her incredible ring entrances? That stuff, that, that's the real deal, Flobo. I mean, to have that kind of uh, reaction must be something that most uh, ne'er-do-wells aspire to. But Dom takes it in stride, man. It looks like he's, like, built for that kind of spotlight. But you're absolutely right, man. No Mercy was a vibe. Uh, was, I think it's the first time I've seen them, um, NXT live since uh, the pandemic. And I, I went to the Palladium a couple times during the, uh, the Black and Gold era. Um, and I was under, I was confused or I was concerned of how things would translate uh, under the right lights of Bakersfield. And it actually came through. I mean, we got yeah. the chance. We got the experience. I mean, like, I really said that box of red vines i'm a twizzlers guy not so much of a prisoner at the moment i was because i was locked in so thank you so much wwe for that one any kind of moments they got for you live there on saturday well i i think the big takeaway is that even under the bright lights of bakersfield in the mechanics bank arena where the legendary 2006 corn world tour kicked <laughs> off uh, there were uh, none no one wilted under those bright lights everyone really showed up uh, the thing that really stood out to me, I think, is just how special Trick Williams is. And I know we'll talk a bit about Trick Williams today, but he is someone who I, I think we've always known certain people like Carmelo Hayes have a high ceiling. I think Trick Williams is right there with him. I think he'll have a different trajectory, but he will definitely get there eventually as far as being a top talent. Shot the real Jack Farmer on that Twitter. I mean, these are some news and notes from No Mercy this week, and have to agree 100% of that. Uh, someone that really stuck out for me was Tiffany Stratton, really showed that she could be uh, as hard, of course, she needs to be in that extreme rules match. Becky Lynch actually wrestling with a puncture really wasn't the story, man, because the energy was so high. Because I think everyone pretty much over delivered here as well. And of course, even though we're totally bitter enemies on Saturday, you was a homie. Yeah, it was. Uh, speaking of Becky Lynch, you got to give her the flowers. I did not realize she was that hurt and that injured and continued to keep going. Flobo, I would like to call a ban on all disgusting injury photos, though. Can we just stop posting those and showing those? I I'll be honest with you. I really thought they would give it the black and white treatment, but they're like, nope, here's all the subcutaneous fat you can stand. Yeah. <laughs> <you> <laughs> 
Ugh. That and like broken bones. I think I don't need to see people get their leg twisted backwards uh, multiple times. NFL. I don't need to see this stuff. Just I'll take your word for it. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, but let's, let's get into NXT this week. Before we get into the matchups and the happenings of the news and shenanigans, there is a litany, a slew, a cornucopia of talent on the quote-unquote main roster making the detour over the Tuesday night. Just the list right here. Asuka's going to appear next week. John Cena's appearing next week. Paul Heyman, Cody Rose, presumably Becky Lynch, and Rhea Ripley as well. Jack Farmer, let me ask you this. I think I know the answer to it. Have you seen so many main roster talents embarking an NXT trip in one go? No, this, I mean, this is looking to be the highest rated NXT of all time. I, I feel like if you don't become the highest rated NXT of all time, then you've sort of, there's a, there's a problem. You know what I mean? Like this should be the highest rated NXT of all time. Uh, and it's one of those reasons why if you're watching a show like ours right now, you absolutely have to hit the subscribe button so that you can be there notified next week when we start talking about this as well and breaking down everything that happened. But this is what I love about the pro wrestling industry is when companies have to pull out the big guns and show us their very best side. I think uh, obviously we cover one side of things here in uh, Undraped in Gold, but there's obviously a lot of other wrestling out there that's happening. And competition makes everything better for fans like us flobo this is going to be great i can't wait to see what cody rhodes is going to say i can't wait to see will roman reigns show up uh i can't wait to see all the different things that are happening again we'll break down what happens on this uh this week's event but uh there are certain things that are happening that i think are also getting us to think about just how far some of these nxt talents will go once they go to the main roster and the main roster stops coming to them just the news on this one, kind of an anecdotal thing. You know, as a kid, the one thing I lament about the Attitude Era is not necessarily the skimpy uh, gimmicks and scantily clad storylines, but rather the unpredictability. I mean, NXT is kind of on its own island until it's not. I think having everyone make these announcements, rapid fire. In fact, Cody Rhodes is kind of like the, the fifth guy slipped in the back <laughs> about who's going to be in their matchup. Kind of takes me back to when I was a kid where you didn't really know what was going to happen in days before Googling or asking your friend who thinks he's smart than you yeah this is I, i'm very eager to see how this goes and you meant you're right i love the what i've always loved about the attitude era i like the unpredictability of it the crash tv of it the fact that anything could happen at any time steve blackman all these things were things what? i loved about <laughs> crash about, tv steve blackman <laughs> yeah okay <laughs> uh, unpredictability um you know look no one could swing a trash can lid like steve blackman all right uh, so uh but yeah, it's, it's a very exciting time to be a pro wrestling fan, I think, at all levels. And I think the NXT, uh, we say it every week, has something for everybody. And now, if you're someone who's been a fan of NXT and you have friends who are like, nah, I just watch Raw, I just watch SmackDown, now is the time to say, hey, check it out, because this is going to be very cool. I will say, Flobo, what say you about ratings next week? If if ratings, like, what kind of... If they if they aren't the number one wrestling show uh, on TV next week, is it yeah. a is it a failure? Okay, Let, so to answer that question, let's, put, let's address the elephant in the room. AEW has a special uh, presentation of Dynamite on the same day, same time on Tuesday. Uh, you know me, Jack. I don't like lists. I don't like ratings. But I'm going to answer your question because that's a cop out here in the podcast. It, it's kind of a lose lose for everyone involved. If if NXT not becomes the fans. A, 
Oh, the fans always win. <laughs> if you're a ratings person and NXT wins, you'll say, well, of course, you got John Cena, man. John Cena was in a movie that's on Netflix right now with Jackie Chan. Let's be real. Uh, but if it doesn't, it's kind of like, I can't believe you brought so many big guns and it did not become the number one wrestling show on Tuesday night. Same with AEW. If AEW wakes away with the win, it's like, well, everyone kind of followed you. But, I mean, is it really going to say about your long-term prospects? And if you fall behind, it's okay. Of course, there's no way you can compete. Becky, Becky Lynch and a presumable matchup or stare down. So I don't get into into ratings that much. I do think though this should be over a million. I'm hoping that's the case. Just for NXT, NXT's case. I really want this brand to to be a little bit more uh, well known among even WWE fans, far less wrestling fans. I would. I always say I'm not a big ratings person. I don't necessarily care unless there's something interesting going on. I'm interested to see what the ratings are. I don't think it's uh, I don't think it is condemning. I don't think it's necessarily a a free pass for all time, one way or the other. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, if if the ratings are the same as always, I'll go, huh, interesting. If the ratings are triple what they usually are, I'll go, huh, interesting. You know, I kind of think that's the extent of it. But yeah. that said, either way. It's interesting. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Uh, and again, I really hope that uh, we keep this kind of fire going forward, though. I love it when, like I said, the big guns get pulled out. This will be a fun time. Yeah, I, I hope that Cody Rhodes' announcement isn't uh, via satellite. It's not clear, but he should be in the building, right? Oh, if it's at, via satellite, that's a super cop out. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. super lame. <laughs> and, and its I'll be honest, it's going to be lame if it's like, I'm going to announce that I will be on SmackDown this week. <laughs> yeah. I was like, it's but, not its not quite late enough to say you're number one in the Rumble. So it has to be something different. But if it's something on Via Satellite, I'll be over it. Yeah, if it's Via Satellite, by, by Satellite, just to say, I'll be opening Raw next week. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, okay, okay. I'm over it. <laughs> okay, that's a little corny, but well, whatever. Speaking about Raw and SmackDown and big shows, move over, Budline, because to me, the biggest story in wrestling right now is Trick Mellow Gang. Uh, let's talk about Ilya Dragunov, crowned the new NXT champion after defeating Carmelo Hayes and what I thought was going to be a shocker, but the more you think about it, it was kind of inevitable. Elizabeth Ziegbar is having time in his life, and at the time, Trick Williams was too. Let's talk about that promo because Carmelo Hayes looked like an odd man out, almost disheveled for him, even though his hairline was on point. Uh, it was kind of sad to see, man. Yeah, that's about as disheveled as you're ever going to see Carmelo Hayes. I don't think he goes lower than that, that is, <laughs> which is still beyond most people's 10 out of 10. You know what I mean? Like, uh, But what I loved about this is I like what I love about Trick Williams is that he's someone that when things go his way, he appreciates it. He understands how hard he worked to get where he is. A lot of people, they don't like to celebrate. A lot of people like to say, hey, now the work starts. I don't like that. I like yeah. Trick Williams saying, no, I won. I'm going to celebrate. This is cool. I like that he celebrated. I like that he was able to give his flowers to Dragunov for sort of uh, hyping him up and getting him in the right mindset. And I like that Dragunov was able to be like, Awesome. I'm glad you're happy. We're both winners. Good for us. And it was kind of <laughs> cool that they were able to just get along like about that. it. Well, good uh, for us. That's pretty neat. The way Dragunov said it, he had a vein burst in his forehead, but it was <laughs> right. basically, that's basically what he was saying. Uh, I understand why someone like a Carmelo Hayes would be disappointed and bummed out and feeling a bit like the third wheel. He's always been the 
prettiest belle at the ball. And now he's the person left without a dance partner. So, of course, he feels a little disheveled, a little unhappy right now. But, again, I keep going back to Trick Williams. I think the thing that made him special is the fact that he is able to bounce between someone like Dragunov, who's been a rival, his disheveled friend who is going through a hard time, and Dom Mysterio all coming out to verbally attack him. And he was able to bounce between all three of these very different dynamics without missing a beat, without changing who he was, without being a different person. But also, he had something for everybody. I think that was, it's one of these moments that I think a lot of people will forget, but will be another shining example of why Trick Williams is somebody who is very special because he is able to hold his own against a bevy of people. It's, it was really cool to see. Yeah, definitely the fallout of that one was I, I felt uh, on the Trick Williams train, uh, and that was something we are talking about just momentarily with the eventual matchup against Dominic Mysterio. But before we move on here, this is the era of the Czar, and it definitely seems that Carmelo is going to go find himself, hopefully not to the Wesley level of finding himself. But if you're Carmelo Hayes now, your best friend is on the rise with or without a title, which we'll get into, and it does seem like you're kind of on the outs. And you got sidetracked by Braun Breaker, a man you beat before handedly, now you have self-doubt. Is this going to be a dark period for him? I got to give Braun Breaker a shout out here. I mean, he was this close to wearing a little devil costume and sitting on Carmelo Hayes' shoulder the way he was talking. Wore dog <laughs> costume Saturday. Why not? I mean, you could could you not imagine? He was like, get revenge. <laughs> Hit him with a spear. <laughs> I loved it. It was fantastic. And, I, and Braun Breaker's smart. You know what I loved about what we saw here is Braun Breaker, after he lost the title, became a bit of a jerk. And a lot of people didn't understand it. They were like, I don't know why he's like this. Why is he so mean all of a sudden? I mean, he's meaner than evil, people were saying. Hey, wait a but minute. <laughs> this, is, this is why. He said he told us, look, I'm the only one that understands what it's like to go through what you're going through right now. And he and Braun Breaker's like, look, you can do a bunch of different things. Personally, I turned to violence. And I think that that's maybe what he's, he's trying to tell Carmelo. Look, I turned to violence. I feel better about it. He's giving him some <laughs> advice. I think that he's giving real advice here. It's, a lot of people thought it was trash talk. I think he was trying to be helpful, trying to give him a way out of feeling bad. Because look, one way to stop feeling sad, Flobo, is to feel angry. If you get angry, you're not sad. It's a better feeling, I think. And that's what Braun Breaker was trying to tell him. Harsh words uh, from the Tacoma Street champion. But Carmel had to think about that. Was pretty much banned from ringside from Trick Williams. In Trick Williams' first North American title defense against Dominic Mysterio. Dominic had marching orders from Mommy. Win or don't come home. And it took the entirety of Judgment Day for Dominic Mysterio to win the North American Championship for his second reign. Question for you there, Jack Farmer. I understand. We'll get to Trick Williams in a minute. But having so many bodies being used to ensure the victory for Dominic Mysterio. Does that make Judgment Day look a little weak when it's all said and done? The story here wasn't how many bodies it took to beat Trick Williams. The story isn't that a former North American champion was able to regain the title. The story wasn't even that a great wrestler won the championship, or it's not how short the title reign was. None of this was the story here in the main event. The story here, what really happened was Trick Williams learned a very hard lesson. And that is that just maybe 
he does need someone at ringside to watch his back. Mm. If Carmelo Hayes was out there, if him was at ringside, I think Trick Williams would still be the North American champion. But because he made that decision to go off on his own, because he made the decision to not have someone watching his back, the numbers game caught up to him and he was unable to keep that championship. I think Trick Williams learned that as great of a story as it is, that he steps out of Carmelo Hayes' shadow and goes on to be a champion in his own right, that maybe sometimes the numbers game is a game you can't win on your own. Okay, so we're bearing the lead as, as it is. On Saturday night at NXT No Mercy, we truly felt like it was going to be a brand new era for Trick Williams with the coordination of the crowd in Bakersfield and in the Capitol Wrestling Center. Yesterday, we thought it was going to be a long, healthy reign, but when it was all said and done, 71 hours was how long Trick Williams was North American champion. I usually ask Jack Horner, where does someone go from here? But I don't think you can go anywhere from here. What's going on with Trick Willie, baby? Trick Williams has a very tough task ahead of him and he doesn't have a choice it's he needs to take on the judgment day he needs to go against the judgment day he needs to get his championship back uh, or he will never get past this this is very schoolyard day like childhood kind of rules here when the group of bullies takes your ball if you don't get your ball back you will always be under the heel of those bullies Trick Williams needs to go over to the bullies and he needs to get his ball back. If he doesn't, he will always be a victim of the judgment day. Well, let's be real. There's a lot of people out there that hate the judgment day. I mean, it doesn't matter if you're on the red brand, the blue brand, or now the white and gold brand. Here's the thing. Are we going to see some sort of like Avengers type of team up or is Trick Williams going to go after McDonough and Balor and Dominic himself? Right now, all he needs to think about is getting past Dom. I think where the Judgment Day really beats people is he make they make people think that you've got to face all of them. The truth is, just needs to beat Dom. Now, how he can do that without getting the rest of the Judgment Day involved, therein lies the rub. But that's all he really needs to think about. And I think that's something that greats have messed up. I think guys like KO and Sami Zayn, forget that all they need to do is beat the tag champs. They don't need to beat the whole judgment day. That's the thing that they need to keep their eyes on. That's, or he needs to keep his eyes on. That's how he needs to think of this. He just needs to find a way to isolate Dom and beat Dom. He's beat Dom when Dom's on his own before. Now he needs to find a way to do it again. Uh, yeah, I don't want to think about it. Also, I don't want to think about how Dominic celebrated last night. Yikes. Uh, but we got to move on. I got a time. couple ideas. Cool. This is a family show because it's one o'clock in the afternoon. Um, this is a match that has a lot of questions for me personally because I'm totally an NXT UK nerd. Two thirds of British Strong Style, Butch and Tyler Bate, uh, go against uh, Gallus. That is the Mark Coffee and Wolfgang iteration. The match was pretty solid, falling out from what happened on Saturday with Gallus getting involved in the Heritage Cup match, costing Butch his title opportunity. Now, Jack Farmer, I like this. I like Gallus a lot. I like British Strong Style a lot, but something's missing, man. I really feel like Gallus isn't hitting the third gear. I feel like Butch is still on loan to SmackDown. What do you make of this one? Well, I know everyone is really caught up in saying, yeah, but yeah. let me take you back to the original, which was, let me yeah. talk to you. Uh, <laughs> So, <laughs> uh, Gallus is, uh, they need to find their identity, I think. Um, 
And I think for them, it's pretty smart. You go back to go back to the start. The start when you really had that dominance established back in the old days of NXT UK. Who were your rivals? It was British Strong Style. Now, this group of British Strong Style looks a little different than the one that they're used to. But at the same time, this is the group that they battled that really got them going and got the ball rolling for Gallus and NXT UK. Here on the in the United States, they've had their successes. But right now, I, I feel like they seem like they're having a little bit of an identity crisis. Just who is Gallus? What are they in the world of NXT here in the United States? And I think something like having a war with British Strong Style could get them back on track. You know what that actually brings to me to this week's general manager Pickham. Now, if you guys are familiar with the segment, I get to ask Jack Farmer as if he is the shadow or phantom general manager of NXT coming out of this one. So you get a call from SmackDown. Uh, it says, look, Sheamus is on the shelf currently, but when he's healthy, I, or if and when he's healthy, I'm willing to send the brawling brutes over to NXT full time in exchange for Gallus. Do you take the deal? Yes, I take the deal. I take if you have the ability, if you have the option to get someone who is a certified, guaranteed Hall of Fame or someone who has done everything but win the Intercontinental Championship, you throw the house at that trade to make it happen. I think Sheamus is worth his weight in whatever trade you're going to give him. Also, getting someone who has an NXT history like Butch does, I think that is a huge win. And like I said about Gallus, I love Gallus. Uh, but I think that if anything, it'd be helpful for them to be on Saturday or uh, on Friday nights um, and having kind of a different, uh, a little different scenery to get back on track for them as well. I feel like that'd be a win-win trade, but if I'm the general manager of NXT and I have an opportunity to get someone like Sheamus, I do whatever it takes to make it happen. Yeah, absolutely. The fact that SmackDown's not asking for cash because of the iteration, it was totally a rookie move from the general manager over there. But uh, Adam just... Pierce, <laughs> it's <Tucker>. official. <laughs> Elsewhere, hypothetical Adam Pierce. I know, right? What a loon! I beat you all the time in 2K23. Or was it real? I don't know. All right, so another news here in in NXT landscape: the women's breakout tournament returns. Uh, We have eight female competitors. Some of we've seen on TV before between NXT and Level Up, and that is Jakara Jackson, Jada Parker, which is someone I erroneously thought would have been Jade Cargill's name, that's why I apologize for that, because that retraction, but Jakara Jackson, Jada Parker, Lola Vice, Carmen Petrovic, uh, Kalani Jordan, Izzy Dame, Danny Palmer, and Ariana Grace. We'll get into the first matchup momentarily, but Jack Farmer, breakout tournaments are back, it seems. The women's division seems as healthy as ever. Before going into all the matches in the first round, is there anyone here that really stuck for you like that's the one to watch ariana grace gonna win the whole thing uh i didn't ask her pick to win it that's crazy talk uh why i'm curious well you you told me who who am i looking for i mean i might as well go i mean my original pick was izzy dane but that didn't work out so (laughs) okay no uh but ariana grace i think i think she's the one breakout tournaments i love tournaments anyone who knows me knows that i am a big fan of any type of structured uh, situation where a bunch of people fight. Don't make it and, sound lame. A structured uh, combat situation. Maybe. There's a structured setup of rules to declare who the significant victor will be. <laughs> That's uh, uh, so I, I like these, uh, especially breakout tournaments, because there are people you don't 
know a lot about. They're people you haven't seen a lot. So the field is usually completely wide open. And history shows that that is the case. I mean, if you look at previous breakout tournament winners, there's a lot of them that weren't the favorites to win the whole thing. So I think that these are always exciting to see. It's always fun to see. And also, I think that it's... um it's a great launch pad for so many people. Obviously they did a great job at this event showing a video package of all the people who have been successful because of the breakout tournament. Uh, I feel like this year is going to be the same. I think we're going to get at least five superstars out of this thing. Yeah. Shout out to Bronson Reed, a breakout tournament alum who actually had one of the most crazy tsunamis this week on raw that caused the to pour wins in the crowd. <laughs> yeah. Fun to watch. Uh, but the bracket is here in the first round. Uh, you'll have Ariana Grace against Shakara Jackson. We're in our first uh, contest on her side. Uh, Carmen Petrovich versus Jada Parker, Danny Palmer, and Nola Vice. And the matchup we saw last night Kalani Jordan stands Dana Brooke against Izzy Dame. And even though Izzy Dame gave up the height and weight advantage, she was on the losing side of it. Kalani Jordan with the most convincing victory we've seen thus far. I mean, when you look at measurables, Izzy Dane was someone who probably would have been a good pick to win this entire thing. So I thought that this was a actual, uh, a very big upset by Kaylani Jordan. But I think Kaylani Jordan, someone who has her back against the wall. Now that she doesn't have a partner, a friend, a mentor there with her, I think she really pulled out the stops and knew she had to get a win here. I always say measurables are great. Uh, talent is great. But aggression and uh, desire and having a chip on your shoulder will always trump those things. I think Kaylani Jordan showed that. And Kaylani Jordan, I think for many people, is a favorite to win this whole thing now. I agree with the favorite, Mark, but I wonder if that's kind of a, a an advantage that's unfair, an unfair advantage, excuse me, having so many matches featured on NXT compared to every other competitor in this tournament. Yeah. Uh, and I want to give a shout out to Amanda Russ for the booing there you know a little a little unfair here i am uh giving dropping truth bombs please boo jack please boo jack that's a total time i can't believe i had to go all the way out to bakersfield and i still get <laughs> why still are you cutting a promo <laughs> i went to bakersfield right myself oh <laughs> uh, no i appreciate you amanda russ coming through pop princess shout out to everyone in the chat and join us all the lurkers too who aren't who watched later. Appreciate you guys as well. Uh, but yeah, in any case, what was the question? Does <laughs> the fact that Kalani Jordan has an unfair advantage for being on TV and having so many more matches compared to everyone else? I don't think it's unfair. I think it's just a fact. That's how it is. I mean, I, I you don't, it's not unfair that you have more experience being in a, uh, in a tournament. You know what I mean? It's, it's not like, uh, when you're watching football, if, if there's a team in the Super Bowl who has been there before, you're not like, well, that's unfair. They have experience in the Super Bowl. So yeah, they're great. They just that's they've earned that. So no, it's not unfair. But I do think that Kaylani Jordan's a favorite. She's not gonna get hung up on the bright lights. She's not gonna get hung up on the crowd noise. She's not gonna get hung up on seeing that she has uh you know instant replays and video packages, nitpicking every little thing she does. I think she's built to win this thing. If she wins it, I wouldn't be super surprised. Very uncharacteristic sound logic from Jack Farmer. I have to agree with you. Uh, elsewhere in the women's division, Gigi Dolan and Blair Davenport finally had their arc. Where is Stevie Turner? Okay, you know what? You know what? Calm down, Flobo. Calm down. Gigi Dolan and Blair Davenport had their match, and it seems to be Blair Davenport's weakness. Someone who says that she beats up people in the parking lot, gets attacked from behind, and gets folded up once more. Gigi Dolan gets to win. Blair Davenport is just so mad. She strangles her ref afterwards. What's going on with these two? Well, I mean, Gigi Dolan used a chair 
Like, what do you expect? <laughs> like, what, I mean, what do you, what do you, what do you expect? Like, yeah, she brought a chair into the ring. I mean, I think the fact that Blair Davenport trying to get it back out of the ring uh, and trying to make it a safe combat zone and the referee getting all involved in there, I think was a, a, an absolute shame. It's, it's unfortunate that Blair Davenport now has a loss on her record that shouldn't be there. And that's why I completely understand the way she reacted after this matchup. I think that she was robbed. I'd be looking into this referee and seeing, has the referee made any suspicious bets on DraftKings lately <laughs> or whoever wants to sponsor us as a betting platform? <laughs> Points, man. What's up? No, but here's the deal, man. I feel like Blair Davenport has been, I've been told she's great. I've been told she's Davenport. I've told she's the uncrowned champion. But every so often I turn on the boob tube, she is upside down, shoulders to the mat. I don't know, man. Is it time to sell Blair Davenport stock? That's a question I have for you. Well, you can't sell Blair Davenport stock. She's family owned. So uh, that's not an option. <laughs> but I do think that... Um, I do think that she needs to quit getting hung up and caught up in people like Gigi Dolan, who, um, you know, I think Gigi Dolan should focus on championships the way Blair Davenport typically does. Uh, Blair, Blair Davenport just needs to get her eyes back on the prize here. This isn't her her realm. She's not used to dealing with the the poor artistic types. She's used to dealing with the well-off champion types. She needs to get back in her realm. That's where Blair Davenport belongs. I think Blair Davenport may end up being, with all due respect, the Pete Dunn of her division, being someone who could threaten for a title at any point in time, never really got the big one if it's not too careful. I want to see her do well, but the way uh, Blair Davenport lost this, this week makes you wonder about her rankings in the women's fold because we're getting more and more women's matches, and with the breakout tournament, she may be back further, further in line. The was, I will say, I do think Gigi Dolan, very smart here. She's using this. She's taking advantage. She's getting some wins. I said before, one of the things she needed to do was figure out a way to get some momentum. And it looks like she's doing that. Tag team match player, uh, JC Jane and the new Thea Hale against uh, Electra Lopez and Lola Vice. Chase U was begrudgingly allowed to come around ringside. I was waiting for a bit of uh, shenanigans. didn't happen there. One thing I noticed about the matchup is, one, Thea Hale and JC James, their, their chemistry is uh, got to be understated. But more importantly, it looks like La Madrina is becoming more and more like Lola Vice as the weeks go on. Who's partying out there in Miami, Jack? Walk me through this one. I'm we that's the next trip. I and mean, now that we've been to Bakersfield, it's time for us to head out to Miami and uh and party out there. So um I want to move to Tampa. <laughs> well, yeah, oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, Miami's way better. Go ahead. <laughs> the, <laughs> the Bakersfield. Bakersfield. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, that's awful. That is just awful. I'm sorry, Tampa Bay. I didn't need that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I did. I did. Yeah, I yeah. Did. <laughs> Watch, we're gonna get to Tampa. We're gonna be like, we're gonna see a plaque that says "Limp Biscuit started in 2006 World Tour." Man, uh, so many, too, too many inside jokes here for anyone who's watching. Tampa. But uh, in any case, the um, uh, look, I think that we need to start giving J.C. Jane more credit. We need to give her more appreciation. It would have been very easy. I like, think about the way Chase U has talked to J.C. Jane has talked about J.C. Jane. They've been disrespectful. They've mm. been rude. They've mm. been saying, you shouldn't hang out with that with that J.C. Jane. You know, yeah. trying to break Thea Hale up from a J.C. Jane. Been absolutely horrible. Been like the parents in Footloose about J.C. Jane. 
But then when when Chase you when they're down and out and they're like, hey, can we cheer you on? JC Jane's like, yeah, come on. I, I accept you. That's that's cool. I'm, yeah. I think that's fair. I think JC Jane is a incredibly kind, forgiving, and generous person. And I think that we should all applaud the fact that she let bygones be bygones and that she allowed Chase you to be a part of their victory. Uh, two questions for you then. Is uh, JC Jane and Thea Hill here to stay? And two, if it's Chase you, if they're there to stay, shouldn't you be recruiting other talent? Well, if you're a school, you should always be recruiting. That's how it's supposed to work yeah. uh, if, if you're a school. So, yeah, they should be recruiting new talent. Uh, or maybe it's time for Chase U to graduate and go hang out with the uh, cool kids. Uh, who's that? JC Jane and Thea Hale. Are you watching the show, Flobo? I, they're not cool to me. <laughs> oh, but that's, well, that's well, I'm also a square. I'll be honest with you. Uh, so, so they get the, vi the victory via submission, which is the same submission that Andre chased through the towel on, which is why we have the situation here uh, as it is right now. But with Lola Vice in the breakout tournament, I wonder if Electra Lopez might end up being the odd woman out when it comes down to being able to be featured on NXT. Is it possible? Absolutely. It's it's pro wrestling. That's always possible. Something like that could happen anytime. But where I'm not worried about Electra Lopez and where I have confidence in her is, frankly, we've seen her be the odd person out in the past before. We've seen her in a situation where her group maybe gets called up to SmackDown and she doesn't. Or something happens and she gets left behind. But guess what? She always finds a way to get back. She always finds a way to put herself back on TV and put herself back in winning situations. If there is a step back, if Lola Vice becomes the breakout tournament winner and Lola Vice goes on to single success and leaves Electra Lopez behind, I have no doubt that Lopez will find a way back into the center of the ring. So, uh, side question, I'm going to stop down here. Was it for the best that Electra Lopez kind of stepped away from Legado de Fantasma? Or would you want to see her there? If you can do that all over again. To see her with um, Legado del Fantasma on SmackDown now? Yeah, eventually the LWL. I think it worked out best for Electra Lopez, the way things went. Because, frankly, I don't think Electra Lopez is the kind of person that would like to pander to someone even as great as a Rey Mysterio. I think okay. she's someone who would say, great, Rey Mysterio is joining my team. I don't think she would, you know, she, she would say, I'm jo you're joining my team. I'm not joining yours. And that would cause problems with the LWO. So I think things worked out for Electra Lopez where she can still be the boss of her domain and control her destiny a little bit more. Madrina, uh, before we get to our other women's matchup here today, we saw another uh, package or promo or vignette for Brian Pillman Jr., at least uh, a man that wears a Bengal shirt. Uh, talk about this. Does the video have more shots of legacy talent? Look like they're going to lead into that. Uh, we saw Braun Breaker kind of like tread water when it comes to going linking to the legacy of, his, of the of Steiner brothers. How much do you think Brian Pillman Jr. needs to rely on Brian Pillman Sr. to build his first persona to be in NXT? I think he'll need to lean on him a lot at the beginning. Uh, when you're first, we're first figuring out who you are, you need to lean a lot into who you are, where you come from, because you got to stand out amongst an entire roster of people who are built to stand out. So you need to give me something that shows me why do you stand out over anybody else? And so I think having that pedigree, having that background, having a dad who was such a big deal in pro wrestling is one of those things that helps you stand out. Now, once he gets up and going, once he starts wrestling, can start leaning on that a little bit less. Brian Pillman Jr., I think, is someone who 
is charismatic. I think he's got a look. I think he's going to stand out. I think he's going to have every opportunity. The hardest part for him, though, will be living up to the expectations that are placed on him. Well, speaking about expectations, let's go to how the show opened this week. The man and Bex T. Becky Lynch makes an appearance. She's like, the man's come around. She dispatched Tiffany Stratton. Tiffany Stratton's probably at a medical facility getting a massage. No idea where she is. But it turns out there's a whole new class of ladies that want a shot of that NXT Women's Championship. Looks like the next defense is going to be at Halloween Havoc week one, three weeks from this week. But the players here, Lyra Valkyria, Indy Hartwell, and Roxanne Perez had something to say. Before we get to our match here tonight, Jack Farmer, what do you think about that? The return of Indy, the, the return of the prodigy, and of course, Lyra Valkyria shooting her shot. I think this could be seen uh, a couple different ways. I think this could be seen as uh, Becky Lynch doing exactly what she said she wanted to do to raise the prestige of the NXT championship. And that's why so many people are really staking their claim to want a shot. Valkyria saying, hey, I looked up to you my whole life, but I'm not going to miss an opportunity to get a shot at a title this prestigious. Indy Hartwell, hey, I had my opportunity on the main roster, but I'm coming back home because this is my opportunity to get back the title I never lost. In a lot of ways, Roxanne Perez said, look, finally, I'm done with my side quests. I want that championship. And so it could be that, or, or it could be that people smelled blood in the water after Tiffany Stratton's match with Becky Lynch. Maybe they saw this person that they didn't hold up on a pedestal. Tiffany Stratton push the man to her limit to a point where the man almost lost. And maybe that made people like Valkyria go, well, shoot. If Tiffany Stratton could push the man that far, maybe I got a chance to beat her and can beat one of the biggest legends in female wrestling. Maybe that's what made Indy Hartwell go, whoa, this is a chance. I need to get off of the main roster and come back here. I could maybe notch a dub over someone who main evented WrestleMania. You know, Roxanne Perez, I think, said, look, I'm a prodigy, but this could be my opportunity to beat someone that people call the best of all time when it comes to uh, women's wrestling. Maybe it's not because they respect Becky Lynch. Maybe it's because they think this could be their opportunity to put one over on the best of all time. Lots of unpack there. Three quick questions. Uh, one for each of the ladies in, the, in this promo here. Can Roxanne Perez still call herself the prodigy? There has to be a time where she's no longer the prodigy. She's been wrestling for so long. Indy Hartwell comes back from an injury. Do you think she has a legitimate shot to be in the picture long term? Because you know what happened in the match here this week. And then Lyra Valkyria looks like she seems to be the presumptive number one contender for seemingly forever. When is it actually going to happen as far as being able to actually take down the champion given the opportunity? Well, let's start with Roxanne Perez. How old is Roxanne Perez? She's like 21. Like 15 now? Oh, 21. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, she's so. She, doesn't seem legal. This people, is real like people child are, labor. <laughs> Get to work. <laughs> people are so young. Flo, Roxanne Perez has never known a world where Survivor wasn't on the air. Like, oh, wow. Like, come on. She is. She, yeah. She's the younger. sad part is, y'all, to show how old I am, my cell phone number is older than Roxanne Perez. <laughs> I seriously. Like, that's crazy. Oh so, God. um, 
so can she call herself the prodigy still yeah she's got she's 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 got some time to still call herself uh, a prodigy the fact that she's uh, operating at this level when most kids her age are still in college uh i think is absolutely fair, fair. fair. uh so I, I think she's absolutely fair to call herself a prodigy still um I don't know what the number is where you're not allowed to do it anymore, but I think she's still young enough where you could actually absolutely call her a prodigy still. Indy Hartwell, yes, she's had injuries before, but I think that makes her more dangerous. I think she knows how quickly all this can be taken away from her, and I think she's going to be wrestling with a lot more urgency than she ever has in the past. Something that Indy Hartwell doesn't get enough credit for is her size, and I think that in this iteration of NXT, that's going to help her be a lot more dangerous than she has been in the past. And Lyra Valkyria, you're right, a presumptive number one contender for a long time, but I'm going to call the shot now. I think that ends with this match against Becky Lynch. I think Valkyria will become the next NXT champion. Let's get into our final matchup of the evening. This here was a three-way dance. Sorry, triple threat. I'm, I'm a certain age. Uh, for the number one contendership for the women's NXT championship with Lyra Valkyrie getting to win due to some shenanigans on the outside from Kiana James. And while we can get into the Kiana James situation, which is kind of odd of why she decided not to do that to Roxanne Perez, but Lyra Valkyrie is a new number one contender. Here's the thing, Jack. You tell me this all the time on the show. It's about Killer Red Stick. When, when Carmelo Hayes was him, he was winning. When Dragunov was mad and popping blood vessels weekly, he's winning now. But Lyra Valkyrie just went up to Becky Lynch and goes, you're a, I'm just, you're an inspiration and you're Irish. You're like, and it's great. I'm the more contender. I don't think she has it, Jack. Wow. This match is three weeks away. I don't think she's ready. Well, she still has three weeks to get ready. Uh, I think that... Uh, the thing about Valkyria, we've seen her in the past. So look, the scouting's been done. She's one of the most unbeatable people you're going to come across in NXT. Mm -hmm. She is very tough. She is very difficult to beat. I think that Becky Lynch is someone who's going to get her all gassed up as well. Becky Lynch isn't going to ride in the next three weeks going, we're going to have a fun time at our match. No, Becky Lynch is going to get her heated up going to get her angry going to get in her head and i think this will be the one contender that becky lynch getting in their head is going to cause becky lynch more problems than it helps because i think it's just going to get valkyria to the level she needs to be where she can be a champion seems a common trend in nxt is that the contender gets two chances do you think larry gets two chances to take down becky lynch or is it going to be one and done i think it'll be one and done fair enough uh tegan knox appears being like yo you dodged my match on monday you wuss when are you going to have our fight? I get it, but that's a lot of effort to fly down to Orlando to say all that stuff. <laughs> Could have been an email, Tegan. What's going on with that? Do you think Tegan has, not, uh, has a chance of becoming women's champion in the meantime? Well, anyone who has a shot has a chance. It absolutely could happen. And I, I look, I know, I know that sounds like a, a cop out answer, but I'll say it is this. a cop out answer. I'm just saying. Uh, I'm no, know, I'll add, I think she does have a chance because Becky Lynch has a clipped wing. We saw the. <laughs> The, the actual, the muscle and fat coming out of her arm. I mean, in glory she, detail, we saw it. Yeah. In, in zoomed up, gory, saw 10 sponsor detail. Uh, it was, it was, uh, so yeah, Becky Lynch is hurt. Any, anything could happen. I think anyone who has an opportunity, in fact, if I'm Valkyria, I'd be a little bit worried that Tegan Knox gets the shot before Valkyria does. Because Tegan Knox may be able to take advantage of that injury, may be able to get a big win here. 
Well, yeah, if Tegan Knox becomes NXT Women's Champion, that will be a whole new spin on things, of sure, especially with any Hartwell coming back into the mix. I know they have a history as well. So let's get talk about Kiana James. She got involved attacking Roxanne Perez because she's just jealous of Roxanne and has the most unique challenge ever. She wants to face Roxanne Perez, but only if she beats the Empress of Tomorrow. Why did I ask Irina this? Can someone tell me what happened here last night? You're anyone who acts surprised clearly hasn't been paying attention to Kiana <laughs> <Clearly>. James. Kiana <laughs> James. I'm not, fan. I'm not the only one. <laughs> Kiana, Kiana James is someone who is well connected in business. She's well connected. She has money. She has a Rolodex. She has contacts with people. Gramps. So it's a, uh, <laughs> it's uh you know, what people used to keep their numbers on before they had floppy disks to store. <laughs> right. <all> <laughs> Back when he used to flop. Right, sorry. Uh, so I think that this makes sense that she has Asuka's number. And I'm sure that Asuka, it makes sense for her to fly down. I have a feeling that Kiana James probably called the Endeavor board of directors, told them to make something happen. And because she has so much pull in this market, they knew they had to listen to her. So they got the brain trust together. They figured something out, made an offer to Asuka. To me, it makes total sense. If you've watched Succession, you know how these things go. And Kiana James just muscled them around a little bit. Look, I can't knock Kenna James for shooting her shot and getting the calls and making the connection. But if I'm Oscar, I'm sitting there going, I got a match like this weekend uh, against Eos Sky and Charlotte. And someone calls me and goes, hey, do you want to beat somebody up on Tuesday with no title implications? I would say no. I have other things, other plans, coronations, have today's show appearances. I'm going to win the championship. Why would you do that? We don't know, but the match might be a banger next week. Well, see, that's why I say it's. I don't even know if Oscar had much of a choice. I, I have a feeling the entire board of directors were sat around a table, got on one of those speaker phones that you see in the middle of every single conference room tables, and they oh, all called together and they said, "Oscar, you need to do this." And Oscar, Oscar probably <laughs> said that. Well, I'm, I'm sure she said that Roxanne Perez is not ready for Oscar. Is probably what her response was, which is considered an, an affirmative from Oscar, uh, and that's how it happened. I, You said conference phone. I just got like all these cringy feelings of like corporate America. Who just joined? Who, who just who joined? joined? <laughs> someone, who was that? Dude, dude, dude. <laughs> oh, so who, who logged in? I hate it. I hate it all. Uh, and then last... they go, who? Well, it's Jack. Who's here? And then everyone says their name again. And then you hear the boop, 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 Let's go oh, around. Another person added. <laughs> This is why I'm self-employed. Uh, uh, last note before we uh, wrap this up there. Roxanne Perez getting booze. What's up with that? I think it shows just how popular Becky Lynch is. I think it shows that um, if you doubt the popularity of the man, big time Bex, this is a, a, a harsh reminder of how popular she is. It's someone like Roxanne Perez would get booed because she wants a shot at the title. Becky Lynch, whether you like her or not, whether you're a fan of her or not, is irrelevant. She's wildly popular and really one of the most popular people in pro wrestling right now. And there's proof of it right there. I got two big questions for you. The first one is something we ask all the time. Who's the guy for you this week on this week's MVP of NXT? You have a lot of choices, especially in that women's division. This one was is very easy, and it's Baron Corbin. Baron Corbin was the MVP of NXT. The fact that he ruffled the scales of the fire-breathing dragon with just a few words was able to put himself in a position where now we're all saying, is he the next contender for the title? I know you may say Valkyria because she won a match and all this, but the fact that Baron Corbin did it without even having to get in his wrestling gear, 
I think, says just how good he is. And I got to ask you, Flobo, when this whole thing started, NXT 2.0, it was clear. Yeah. It, yeah. was Car- it was Carmelo and, and Braun who were the guys who were going to be that world title top of the card picture. But now it's going to looking like it's going to be dragging off and Baron Corbin. Would you ever have guessed a year ago uh, that, uh, that uh, Ilya Dragunov first Baron Corbin for the NXT title was what you'd be looking forward to a year ago? To be fair, a year ago they were trying to make a Braun Bricker and Von Wagner a thing, but but yes, uh, they still are. The, the, yeah, the, um, <laughs> to 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 varying degrees of success. But yes, I did not think Baron Corbin. I know he was a free agent, and I had my own problem with the free agent rules of what that means. Is it a good thing or is it a bad thing in in character in the in this world? Uh, but yeah, I mean Baron Corbin has consistently been the guy. He's been the big bad, kind of in the way I kind of wish DiJack was. He's kind of held down his corner of the universe. He he is the shady kid in the back of the class. You ask for a pen and you can't ask anyone else in that room. And of course, you can't say about Dragon off the mat. Dragon, we knew he was going to be tops. We were, had concerns about how he's going to mix in the NXT US or NXT Prime world. And he's shown that in spades. You have to basically throw the kitchen sink to even have a chance. So, Jack, I couldn't call it. Couldn't call it for the, the whole time, to be honest with you. Who's your MVP? Well, there are a lot of options, especially the women's division. But I got to give it up. For Lyra Valkyria, she made the first attempt to come out there, and even though it was kind of meat, kind of milk toast, got herself in the conversation for the triple threat match, took an opportunistic win, and she is the number one contender with Tiffany Stratton way out the picture with getting that little assist, a backstage pep talk by Rhea Ripley. She looks like to be the next wave of the women's division, hands down, my MVP of NXT this week. Hmm. Okay. You she, I mean, she, she's I mean, a good. She, I mean, she's a good pick. She, she's number one contender now. Like I said, I, I think Baron Corbin did just as much without having to do as much work. I also think Paul Heyman, in a lot of ways, is okay. an MVP. I mean, the fact that uh, think about all the announcements that were made during this week and all the people that came out. Tell me that when Paul Heyman came out, you, you didn't get a little bit of an extra like, ooh, things are big. Well, that's my second question here. With all the announcements of next week, if everyone appearing, who's going to have the biggest X factor? You're going with Paul Heyman, you think? It's going to be the one that really going to be the one we think is going to happen versus what actually happens on the screen? I think Paul Heyman, whenever he's involved in anything, is the X factor. He is the greatest X factor in the history of pro wrestling. If he is there, then he is going to be the one that pulls the most strings. I do think that uh, I want to say that we've, sung the praises of Carmelo Hayes for a long time on this show. I would say we sang the praises of Carmelo Hayes longer than any podcast. Absolutely. We, were, we were doing it long before anyone else did. But I, I and so I do want to say that I think that John Cena choosing to be in his corner shows just how big of a deal Carmelo Hayes is. John Cena has never gone to NXT. I mean, he's had plenty of chances. He's he, he <laughs> yes, loves yes. that. Has never gone to NXT. Carmelo Hayes is the guy that made John Cena say, "You know what? I need to go to NXT. I need to see this guy up close and personal." That said, people have talked about what would happen if Paul Heyman got his hands on Braun Breaker. I think, from an endorsement standpoint, John Cena backing Carmelo Hayes is is a huge, huge deal uh, on its own right then and there. That is a big deal on its own. But I think implications for the future, Paul Heyman working with Braun Breaker, 
might be something that we feel the ripple effect of for decades to come. Absolutely. Braun Breaker versus Carmelo Hayes is the main event. Actually, it was a main event, period, full stop. But this here with the extra X Factor says a lot. John Cena is Superman. But one thing we don't really talk about with the whole never give up thing is that he had so many opportunities to recover from losing his championships. I see that link. And Paul Heyman is somebody who doesn't back losers Curtis Axel notwithstanding. So this match here could be really big for Braun Breaker. That right there is a main event and a half, and I really hope it gets the time to really showcase what these new talents can do. Jack Farmer is the end of the episode of Draped in Gold, episode 121. Can you believe so many of the episodes? But now, enough about me. Where do people find you online if they want to interact with you, book you, tell you how wrong you are on the interwebs? You can find me at Real Jack Farmer across all social media. Uh, and make sure to like, comment, share the show. Uh, I know those things are a really big deal for us uh, and helps the show grow. We've seen a lot of uh, growth in Malaysia, actually. So yeah. uh, thank you, everyone in Malaysia who has been supporting us. Uh, but also, whether you're in Malaysia or anywhere else in the States or in Europe or Australia or whatever, the like, comments, shares, and subscribes do go very far into helping us grow the show, so we appreciate it. Uh, and if you're in Los Angeles locally on Saturday morning, you can check me out doing a ring announcing for PCW Ultra. It'll be at the Rose Bowl before the WSU-UCLA football game, so I always say show up, do some tailgating, watch some wrestling, do some more tailgating, watch some football. Then I don't know. The rest of the day is yours. But after that, uh, should be a fun time. If you're in Southern California, head over to the Rose Bowl uh, for PCW Ultra. I'll be doing ring announcing. Hold on. Are you like a, when you tailgate, are you a hot dog guy, a brats guy, a burger guy? Do you, do you bring kale? Like what's your? Um, I, I like to just eat raisins. Keeps me regular. <laughs> <laughs> no, not, that is a we're at that, that age we should we should be regular yes. that is that is the dumbest inside joke ever for people who don't know at wrestlemania i was sitting next to stat guy greg from uh um uh the uh the ringer, the ringer. um uh, i was trying to remember what, what are they called what's his show called exactly cheap heat that's that's it yeah so stat stat guy greg from cheap heat and i i was trying to be healthy flow and i got a bag of raisins to eat and we were sitting there and he called me a psychopath for eating raisins at a wrestling show and i didn't even have i didn't have a response i was like it is oh, kind of yeah. it is kind of crazy isn't it <laughs> that was wrestling in dallas wasn't it yeah yeah because so, yeah, that that was lent for me so all i had it like it was compliant it was like water and like a a, a pickle in a, in a bag of juice like it was, it was the most weirdest anyway uh i'm out of yeah. here man uh this is episode 121 we're just two psychopaths having yeah. at the bar you know what i mean <laughs> we did. What, what's what's wrong with that uh we're back here until they give us an nxt europe start date we're back here talking about nxt the possibly the biggest nxt show of all time but until that time jack Parmesan the words do your best and be yourself